welcome to the Milestone Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and yo, yo. as the Joe flies, Joe Chung, travel agent extraordinaire, Disney lover, uh, and geek. They call him Jose. <laughs> and uh, before we get into the show, just a reminder that if you like this show, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Just search Miles to Memories, or you can find links to subscribe or for cards or anything we talk about on the show at mtmpodcast.com. How's it going, gentlemen? How's your week been? It's been uh, much improved this week. The wife is up and moving around a bit, so that's good. Uh, she can help out a little bit uh, around the house, which makes things a bit easier. So pumped to go to Vegas and hang out with the MTM Diamond Group uh, this weekend. We're doing a, a ton of cool stuff, so looking forward to that. So she's uh, it's only been a week and you're already making her clean the house, huh? Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's definitely she's helping out here and there. Yeah, for sure. She's using the dishwasher, Joe. She's using the dishwasher. Uh oh. <laughs> I I do you know that like I've I've been converted to using the dishwasher. Oh, finally, fact, welcome. I've not only been converted to using the dishwasher, but now I've gotten super anal about like how the dishwasher is loaded, or more specifically, how much you load in the dishwasher. Because I do the dishes all week. That's my job all week. But on the weekends, my wife gives me a break. She started using the dishwasher too, but she keeps overloading the thing. And so yesterday she was like on a Zoom call and every every 30 What's seconds. What's this dry I, macaroni doing on my dish? Well, I just, I just kept coming in with a new dish and like I would walk into the room. I would point at it, give her a sarcastic <laughs> oh look and then put it back in the sink. I did it five times in a row. She was on the call. It became a big joke. But she doesn't I, know that you clean it before you put it in the dishwasher. I do not do that. But before before I left for before I left for soccer or, or skating, I don't know what, what I was taking my kids to. I was like, all right, the dishwasher is full. Run it. And then when I got home. It still hadn't been run. And she's like, no, we'll just put in the dinner stuff after. I'm like, where are you going to put it? So she put in all this extra stuff. And then if you overload the dishwasher, at least our dishwasher, it doesn't clean the stuff. So I just ran a load with like 15 dishes in there. Because I read that it uses less water pretty much no matter what, unless you're like washing for two minutes. So, uh, and it's easier. So what can I say? I'm converted. You did it, Mark. My- <laughs> You've converted me. You've changed someone's My- mind on the internet. <laughs> it sounds like another case of technology complicating your life, Joe, where, you know. It's not uh, not quite delivering on what it promises. It does when I run the dishwasher. <laughs> That's like the opposite when my uh, when my daughter when we have like the kids load it, they underload it. Like they just put stuff all like, and I'm like, y- you you put like half as much stuff as it should be in here. Like I can't run this, so I end up rearranging it all and and making it neat. Like this is where the bowls go. This shape of bowl goes here. This shape goes here. There's a there's a system definitely. But they do have really expensive dishwashers, of which I do not have one, that you can just like like chaos, just throw anything in there and it's supposed to clean it, whether you, you know, pre-wash it or not. So that's the future. There you go. People came for miles and points, they got dishwasher talk. There you yeah. go. Nice. <laughs> dishwasher diaries. We're going back to our roots. <laughs> going back to our roots. Go back to episode, episode one. One. Yeah. <laughs> ma! Hey Ma! I'm recording. Yeah, well. We had some good <laughs> stuff in the in the early episodes, of course, the soy sauce story. And I wonder how many how often people go back and listen to some of the old episodes. My all-time favorite is when Sean said Diamond Lounge or Lounge Preferred Access or whatever, like 14 times in a row he just kept saying. Hey, I've been pretty good for a while with my mispronunciations until last week where I <laughs> up the mountain. So, yeah. Well, you're going to make me edit it again. <laughs> oh... The fun, the fun that we have, uh, that we have here. I'm gonna bleep that out again because we got a comment saying people couldn't figure out what it was. So we'll just let the mystery stay. Anyway. There you go. 
we have a good time. Yeah, it's always fun when I when I misspeak or invent new uh, invent new terms. Let's get into the show. We have actually a lot of interesting stuff to talk about this week, and so we'll kind of mix it up a little bit. Talk a little bit about the last blockbuster, some travel stuff, and some credit card stuff too. But Mark, you know, you've had a series, an ongoing series about earning from the hobby, and you, you had a goal, right? Of what was the goal? Ten thousand for the year? Yeah, I wanted to earn fifteen thousand for okay. the year. That was like one of my New Year's resolutions slash goals uh, through miles and points and all that type of stuff. So I figured let's give an update. I got to write a post about it this week at some point. So let's give an update. Just off the top of your head, what do you think like the biggest earn area was as far as money? I would think it would be with uh, gift cards, but I'm so biased with uh, with that. I'm going to go with, I think the easy answer is bank bonuses. And then my second answer, I don't know if you dabble this in this or not but uh online sports gambling bonuses would be uh, my second guess oh okay you read the bloomberg article huh no <laughs> um <laughs> can i change my answer to bank bonuses please <laughs> <laughs> well you're both wrong but um no uh in the and you'll be like really that's that's too easy but no so at the uh, end of last year i pretty much like got all my balances down to zero so this is all based on stuff some of the stuff was like i signed up for uh, this in december but the bonus hit in you know after the first of the year but most of it all like signed up and hit or uh, accomplished this year so started down at zero and the goal was to get 15,000 and then also you know rebuild some of the balances so like ultimate rewards get to a couple hundred thousand amex membership rewards get to a couple hundred thousand plus earn all this stuff first up was uh bank bonuses so far this year sixteen hundred dollars from that a thousand of it was the tasty works thing which is a it's actually like an investment thing and we wrote about it an investment uh app or online portal thing you deposit money and they give you 500 dollars bonus so we each did that so it's a big chunk of it still have like 550 dollars more in the works right now that should post hopefully in the next month or two so that's uh bank bonus was 1600 next up is the biggest area and that is credit card sign up bonuses how'd you guys miss that we were too focused on the year. Yeah, <laughs> like we don't we don't think of, we don't think of that as cash. We think of that as points. But yeah, yeah. So what I did was uh, any of the MX membership rewards bonuses that I got, I cashed those out using the Schwab at one point one cents. So made a little over eight thousand dollars so far this year off of sign up bonuses. Uh, the triple cash from US Bank was a five hundred dollar bonus. Cardless, we've each done that, which I wrote an article about. Cardless is kind of an interesting under the radar thing uh, a group that has some some decent cards decent sign up bonuses good referral program so definitely check out that article $700 from that my wife got a really great Amex platinum upgrade offer it was like 100,000 points plus 5 times earning on 25k and spend at the grocery store so we've hit all that that was 2500 bucks business platinum upgrade offer 1500 bucks business platinum no lifetime uh, language offer 1650 bucks bank of america premium card which is a 500 dollars bonus and u.s bank that olympic bonus was like 550 dollars the uh connect altitude connect card so basically you're on amex's payroll at this point with all of yeah, these uh, bonuses and cash outs they're giving no and it's 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 just kind of worked out that way where like they've had these insane offers and i i'm actually working on a no lifetime language business gold right now that's like, like a 90k offer but that Amex Platinum offer was really a huge one. 100K points, $150 uh, statement credit, and then another 125,000 points you can earn at the grocery store or or restaurants. So you really can't. That's probably the best bonus I've ever gotten. 
Yeah, it's an insane amount of points. And I think that, you know, just listing it like that and seeing how many different bonuses you got specifically from Amex, but the other stuff just reiterates how much opportunity there is out there right now. I mean, there's always opportunity and, you know, bonuses go up, they go down. We've had a couple years of crazy bonuses during the pandemic, but still so much opportunity, whether you want to cash it out or use it for fancy flights across the world, whatever. For sure. It's, this is like the last year or two has just been, you know, points earning heaven. And then uh, next up was authorized user bonuses, some more X, Amex love. Uh, there's $600 from that. Uh, regular spend, just like earning from at grocery spend or, or that type of thing, $800 from that. So that's been like Amex business gold four times at gas stations. The business platinum spend from earning the uh, the offers. So that was like 20K and 25K in spend. So that's 25,000 points. Uh, city cards, cashing in those, and then discover the 5% back. We have two of those. And that was a part of the sign-up bonus, too. I had uh, referred my wife to a Discover card, so she got a $100 bonus after first purchase. And then I also got a $100 referral bonus, and then we have the 5% back. So next up, I'll just dive right into referral bonuses, $1,000 plus. It's Independent Bank, which was one of the bank bonuses. I referred my wife. We each got a $50 gift card for doing that and then she also got the $250 bank bonus. Amex referred her player one to player two referral, discover 100 card, and then card list gives you 100 bucks per referral as well. So those were uh, some big ones. A couple more areas left, but do you guys have any comments on that so far? My ears are starting to glass over. It's just, you're so rich. Mark, I got, I got a question for you, but uh, I, I, yeah. I, need you to, I need you to finish up your little uh, brag sheet before I ask my question. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah, uh, retention offers is another area. So the platinum, the $150 statement credit, and then the Hilton business card, which they gave us a, it was like $225 retention offer for a card that cost $95. So we kept it open, 130 bucks in the bank. So 280 from that. And then last but not least, uh, swag bucks slash uh, shopping portals, $900 plus. 450 of that is from the Uber Eats promo that we talked about on here, each of us doing it. And then various like Dosh, Stash, Faro, uh, signups that, you know, which we all, we've covered on the site. So I've done all those. And then uh, a little bit from Rakuten for my monthly or quarterly payout. So overall total is like 13,000 bucks. That's pretty awesome. So what I was going to ask was, how do you, do you organize? I know some people will just have an account that they'll put all these kind of bonuses into. I know it's a little bit tricky. Obviously, the Amex bonuses that you get, the points ones at least, are going to membership rewards. But do you try to separate these bonuses and earnings, especially the cash earnings that you have into a separate account that you like leave for travel or for a rainy day or you throwing it? You know, what's your kind of you're obviously keeping track of this stuff, which is going towards medical bills. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah or is it going straight to the yeah straight, straight uh, no, to the yeah. hsa no yeah we we have like a separate account a lot of times that put this stuff in and a chunk of it will go towards travel uh travel expenses other stuff will go towards you know some some other expenses like medical expenses that we need as well as you know i've written a, a post in the past that i was trying to do 500 dollars a month for kids for college so some some towards that so it's kind of all over the place but you just kind of set it up however you want. A lot of people will just do this and then invest the money. And if you've been doing that for the last couple of years, you're you're probably doubled it, you know, with the, how crazy the stock market's been, depending on where you placed it. So I should say I didn't include any of the annual fees. It, it just seemed like too much legwork there, as well as then I would have to 
offset with the other credits and perks and all that stuff that I got. So most of the annual fees are a wash anyway. There was about $750 in acquisition and liquidation costs involved in that. So you could knock that down a bit. But yeah, I'll do a, an in-depth post kind of breaking down every single item, where it came from, stuff like that. So definitely check it out. It's a good example. It shows you the different options you have to, to play the game and so many different ways to earn, you know, whether cash or points or miles without a huge amount of work. And uh, like you said, I'm looking forward to the article because then you can, people can decide how they want to deal with the annual fees and how they can figure out the value for themselves. But I think that the real cool thing about it is just showing all the different ways that you did it and, you know, what it adds up to, which is a significant amount of money. And almost, uh, you're almost at your goal already. Yeah, I know. I need to move. I need to change the goal. But, uh, you know, and I knew that I was going to go hard in the first uh, half of the year. During the summer, it'll kind of die down with the kids not in school. It's, it's harder to drive around and, and take care of this stuff as well as we'll be traveling up to the, the house and everything. Um, I should say I have about 100,000 uh, ultimate rewards. I don't plan on cashing those in. So I knew that would be harder to rebuild. So I've done that with my ink plus card and then we have three freedoms so i've maxed those out all out the first quarter as well as we got that six thousand point top spend bonus from the end of last year so we're just over a hundred thousand points there and then with the membership rewards this business gold bonus that's 90k i'll probably keep that as kind of the start to the rebuild um, as well as we just got a, a 20k offer for the no for adding pay over time so that will go towards it too so we'll be like halfway there for those two things as well and then get back to cash cash money baby well speaking of amex and chill which is the uh, term that you you invented yes, last week i love that chill uh, i love that term it was fun <laughs> yeah we uh, wanted to talk a little bit too because we you talked about a lot of your amex stuff how you were kind of getting caught up on it doing your housekeeping all of that on last week's episode uh, for people who want to go back and listen to that uh, but you also did an upgrade call that you wanted to mention right yeah, I forgot to mention it last week. The Amex green card just came up. The annual fee came up, and I checked. We have this huge database on the site that shows you everybody's recent data points on retention offers. So I looked at that. I knew top-end Amex green was like 15,000 points, which I wasn't too excited about. I probably wouldn't keep it anyway. You know, $150 annual fee. It's basically a wash at that point. So I, I called anyway just to see, you know, if there's something better out there that's come along. I didn't get an offer, so I said, well, what about, and this was over chat, I said, well, what about an upgrade offer? Because my plan had been to, to turn it into a gold anyway, and then I got four times for grocery and dining, uh, twenty up to 25 k a year, so there's another 100,000 points available to you. So sh the chat person said, you have to call in for that, we don't have uh, that available. So I called in, and the guy's like, oh, did you get an offer via email or mail or anything like that? I said, no, I just wanted to see if there's anything on the account, so... He went back and checked, took a couple minutes, came back and said, if you upgrade to gold, you'll get 15,000 points after spending 1,000 in the next three months, or you could go to platinum and get 25,000 points. And I didn't want another platinum, especially at the higher fee, and I wanted the gold anyway. So I got 15,000 points for upgrading to gold. It seems like it's a pretty open offer. So if you have a green card coming available and you were thinking of doing that anyway, upgrading it, definitely call in ask for points, see what they say. I will say you don't want to upgrade to gold unless you've already had the gold and gotten the bonus uh, because doing the upgrade will make you uh, not not able to get the sign-up bonus in the future. So another 15,000 points, put it in the hopper. So much Amex and chilling. Yeah. No, it's cool. I mean, it's it's crazy all the different ways. Like I said before, I'm not going to repeat myself, but uh, it's good. Uh, lots of good information in there. And uh, Mark will have the article for 
all of his Amex and chilling, he documents it as he goes along the way. So I should um, go buy an expensive dishwasher now. Right, Joe? So I just throw it in. Get some <laughs> get some rebates, too, on top of that. You'd be good. Ooh, sexy. <laughs> sexy. Yeah. Speaking of sexy, Mark was really, really jealous last week because I got to visit the last Blockbuster in the world. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Is Blockbuster sexy? It smells like body odor and, and pop popcorn. <laughs> it's 90s sexy, right? I mean, they went the bright, or- bright yellow walls. M- and- NBA JMTE sexy. But, you know, it's funny when you tell people that you went to the last Blockbuster... Most of the time, their eyes just glaze over like you're crazy. But, you know, I think internally, the, that documentary came on Netflix, The Last Blockbuster. A lot of us watched it. And for me, it just became like a thing in the back of my head that, oh, I want to get there someday, you know, before it closes. You are, you're probably the most excited about The Last Blockbuster of anybody yes. I know personally. Yeah, it's been on my thing like I wanted to check out. And this was before the documentary came out because there was like three and two in Alaska and then those closed. So this was the last one, and it just, you know, that's a lot of childhood memories there. I mean, did you guys ever have your mom call and whenever a hot game was out and say, oh, is this available? And then they'd be like, they'd call you back and say, yeah, we have it in. You got to get here in the next hour. Otherwise, we release it to everybody. And you're like, oh, mom, we got to go now. We got to go get that Sega Genesis game or whatever. And just walking around the store on a Friday night and picking out movies for the weekend and stuff. And then even on, I don't know if you guys ever had Hollywood videos in your area, but when those went to like 99 cents a movie, we just used to walk over there and pick out a whole bunch of stuff and the be kind rewind or you pay 50 cents, like just so many memories. DVD kind of ruined it though. Hollywood video was closer to where I live. So we did that. Also, my mom made me call about the video games. So you're you lucky, man. Cause you probably sound like a girl back then anyway, you know, before puberty. So it works. You could just pretend you're your mom. I was 16 years old, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding, but no, but like, yeah, you remember that, like that rush or if like you went and looked on the uh, shelf and all the movies were rented out that you wanted to get, cause they always always have like 50 copies of a new movie and it'd be rented out on that Friday. And then you'd go to the return bin and be like, Hey dude, can you check in the return bin? You'd be like, Oh yeah, there's one in here. And you'd get all excited. Like you just won the lottery. They yeah, all you go this... search through what's in the return bin to see yeah. what was cool, you know, that they had. And they all had the exact same smell, no matter where it was. And it, it was like desperation, body odor, and popcorn. So oh. this, uh, yes, that's true, by the way. <laughs> it still exists, Mark. It still exists. <laughs> it's baked in. Are they renting VHS? Are they renting DVD? Like, what do they have at this blockbuster? Yeah, so it's interesting that, you know, the movie came out and it became sort of a hit. And so a lot of people are visiting this place, uh, and so it's kind of changed a little bit from what it used to be. Uh, but it isn't like this nondescript strip mall next to a Papa Murphy's in Bend, Oregon, which is in sort of central, south central Oregon. We got there by driving from Portland, which is just a few hours. Stunning drives through the mountains there. So it's a beautiful drive from Portland down to Bend. When you pull up, it's just, it looks like any Blockbuster store from, uh, from the past. This particular store started as like a Pacific video, so it was its own kind of thing, and then it changed into a Blockbuster in 2001. So it has that very early 2000s, bright yellow walls, blue everywhere, and inside Joe, most everything is DVDs now, although they do have some like nostalgic VHS tapes for sale for like a dollar or something. Uh, But half the floor now is taken up by merchandise. Uh, So, you know, the the movie is sort of maybe giving the store another life by having people come visit it, and then they have really kind of overpriced merchandise, things like, yeah, you know, Be Kind, Rewind, all that kind of stuff on T-shirts, uh, The Last Blockbuster, all that stuff. Because in the movie, like, they were always 
pretty busy, but the big fear is every year is Blockbuster not giving them the licensing fee again, which is, it seems st- stupid. Like, just let it go. If, you, if you're if you getting money and you're getting the fee, why not let it go? But do they still have those bins where it's like four movies for 20 bucks or whatever? You pick out whatever DVDs you want. <laughs> what? Yeah, they oh, have. man. We have so many of those. It's I think we still have them with the stickers on it. Yeah, they have those various, you know, sale things. Of course, they have all the candy and popcorn and stuff. Uh, the front is set up just like it used to be, you know, where the line is with all the candy and, you know, the return bin. The cool thing was when we got there, it wasn't all that busy. And then by the time we left, the manager, you know, the manager is very prominently featured in the documentary. Um, she was actually there, like, talking with my daughter she has exactly the same personality you see in the movie. Really friendly lady. There were pictures asking you not to take pictures of the staff. I did get uh, some pictures. Hopefully I'll get a, an article up on the site. I did get plenty of pictures of like the different merchandise. stuff. They also have uh, some like movie mem- memorabilia there as well. Didn't Russell Crowe give them stuff or something to keep it yeah. open? Like- <laughs> yeah, so they have a few things there. You know, the whole center of the store is merchandise. But basically, you know, when you're just walking around there for two or three minutes, you're like... It's just like traveling back in time 15 years to the blockbuster that you used to go to I love uh, at the corner. I got to do it. I'm, I'm, I got to go. It's, uh, <laughs> how, far, how far of a drive is it from uh, Portland area? Uh, it's about a three-hour drive from Portland. I think it's about Never three mind. hours north of, uh, of uh, Reno, too. <laughs> um, so, so it's just it's, perfectly in the middle of making it difficult to get to, right? Yeah, it's, it's fairly difficult. I think Bend, I heard, is booming with all the Californians moving there, so... Maybe they'll get more. Maybe there's better flight options, and they, I'm sure they have an airport. But it's really cool. It's just one of those little pieces of Americana that is fun to go visit, and I highly recommend people do it. You won't regret it. I didn't regret anything about it. I got my membership card. Now, Mark, I couldn't get you a membership card because you have to actually sign up with your stuff, but they have, like, souvenir cards that you can get. So I got you nice. one of those, and I got you a... A beer pint that says uh, the last blockbuster on it. Um, Joe, I'm sorry. I knew, I didn't know that you would want anything, so I didn't get you get you anything. But I do have my membership card, so now I'm an official member. Like he wants a used Animal Crossing game. That's what he wants. Game look, he's giving me a dirty nice. look. He's feeling a little hurt. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. Next time I go back, I got a membership, so maybe I'll go back and rent something at some point in my life. That's crazy. Do they charge you to print the membership cards or is that just kind of like a, a thanks for stopping in? Because I can't even imagine what their Rolodex of accounts it looks like because all these people come in just <laughs> to sign up for a card but never use it. The guy was giving me a little shade because he knew I was signing up and I wasn't. He's like, you're not renting today. I'm like, no, I'm not renting today. I'm from Nevada. What do you, you know, what do you want? So that, <laughs> getting the membership card is free. It's different than the souvenir card, though. It's a laminated card um, and they just write your number on it. Um, and then I think the souvenir cards were 250 if you want to buy a souvenir card, but not give them your information and all of that. Uh, but I figured it'd be fun just to be a member of the last Blockbuster. So I yes. I gave up my information. I'm jealous. Should I should have just sent you a picture of my ID. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I did want to say is that if you like the merger, you're interested in getting merch on their website. I forget what it is, but you could Google their website. I think it's bendblockbuster.com, but uh, they have all the merch that's in the store at the same price. So... Uh, if you want to get some of that last Blockbuster merch, you can get it direct from them without having to visit. Although I think visiting is, is worth the fun. So sorry, Mark. Sorry to uh, make you so It was, used to be Blockbuster and chill. Same back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yes, it did. <laughs> All right. And from Blockbuster to Citibank, uh, Benji had another, a nice article on the site talking about eight interesting things you may not know about City, And thought we would go over them because I feel like it's always good to be a refresher course. Um, you know what it reminded me of, was Joe? What, was one that your card will get declined? 
Yes, the, the fraud <laughs> alert system. No, but it reminded me one of the first episodes of the Saverosity Observation Deck podcast. I think the first time I was ever on it was talking about City Thank You. There's a, a little throwback in pod, in Miles and Points podcasting history. So Joe and I was share it, that uh, that little. Yeah, I'm trying to. I I thought I think it was you. You had said something about ultimate rewards. I can't remember if you were excited because we brought you on to talk about Chase, or you were disappointed that we brought you on to not talk about Chase. But uh, oh, yeah. maybe maybe so. maybe it was that. But I do remember your your city thank you episode. So maybe I only listened to it and I was on the ultimate rewards episode. I don't know, but I. Immediately had a, a flashback, flashback to that. But let's let's talk about City because there are some quirks there, and there's some interesting things in the article that I feel could be valuable for people. Starting with credit line increases. Uh, this used to be something that was hard with City because they would often run your credit to to increase the credit lines. I think wasn't the trick mark that like if you wanted a credit line increase, you could apply for a different City card and get approval. And since they had just run your credit within the last 30 days, they wouldn't run it again. Or this is going way back, but it used to be really nuts. I know some people have done some really weird stuff, like if they had a card that had a really high limit, like let's say you had an AA card with a 15K limit and you had your double cash with a 5K limit. And so they would product change the double cash to the AA card and then product change the AA card to the double cash, which is, I know, uh, uh, one of the points is that you can product change across all families, which is pretty much, I think, the only lender that allows you to do that. You can product change to almost any card City has on the personal side. So I know people would do that, which is, it seems so stupid, but that, isn't that like perfectly city though? Like say, Hey, can I move 10 K from this card to the other card? No, you can't do that. Can I product change this card to that card? And then that one to this one? Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully they've gotten a little bit better and now they're, and I've, I've seen this personally uh, in the last couple of years, they're do, being more proactive about credit line increases. So if they see that you're using a card a lot, they'll say, you know, we would like to increase your credit line. Sometimes they'll do it automatically. I know with my AT&T access more, I'll get a, a notice saying you're approved for a credit line increase of this much. You know, you have to opt into it. So it's it goes either way, but it's definitely a lot better. And, and so I feel like that's a an interesting thing. And if you want, just like we talked about with the fraud alerts, City is all about seasoning. So if you want a higher credit limit, use the card. And they, you know, as long as everything else is good, they'll tend to do that for you. Yeah, give it to me on my premiere, please, City, if you're listening. <laughs> Yeah, I need a I need more credit limit on my uh, on my premiere as well. Never enough, but we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> all right. So another quirk of City is that they, and this is something to watch out for because of all their rules and stuff. Is often when you'll product change. So you talked about product changing. They're one of the most liberal in allowing you to product change. As you just said, you can do a co-branded card like an AA card and turn it into a City, you know, thank you card, and vice versa. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff with product changes, but. A lot of times when you do that, they'll just create new thank you accounts for you. And then you end up with points in all these different thank you accounts. Yeah, it's, it sucks because every time they do this for me, I don't know about you guys, you know, you go to their online thing where you're allowed to merge the accounts and it always gives me an error. It never lets me merge the yes. accounts because the information doesn't match. Every time. So it sucks. Yep. How do you fix it, Mark? I'll, I'll add to that before we talk about how to fix it. Not only is it impossible to merge, but then once you've merged, if you end up closing an account or something, it's impossible to know which points came from which account. And you know, you have like 90 days or something to use your thank you points after you close an account. So that's super annoying too. I got burned by that once. I think I've talked about it on here. So it's just so the bookkeeping is just terrible on the website. If you can even combine it in the first place. We had that problem and I ended up losing out on a whole bunch of points, which I wrote about, I think like a year ago, because I had gotten the rewards plus card where you get the 10% rebate uh, when you redeem points. 
and I, you know, I had both the, I had the premiere and the rewards plus, and then went to redeem and didn't get the 10% back. And they're like, Oh, that's a different account. Like you, you can't do that. So you had to merge them. So I had to call in and then the rep didn't really know what I was trying to say. And then finally got the accounts merged, did another transfer and the 10% kicked in right away, got the email right away. So my wife has two thank you accounts, but I'm not even going to burn the wife points to ever call in. So I just can't, <laughs> I just cash out some of them at a penny a piece. So I don't have to deal with it. One other place where this can hurt you is if you have like one card that has certain benefits like rewards plus, and then you're earning on a different card and you're not getting all the benefits for all your points, like the rebates and it can be really messy, as you point out, Joe. It, it really is something that they could do a better job of fixing. All right, so the next thing is, it kind of took me aback because Benji says the Premier Hotel benefit, the $100 benefit when you spend $500 on a hotel, is one that he finds surprisingly useful. Then he talks about the Shinola Hotel in Detroit. Uh, what the, what is the Shinola Hotel in Detroit, Marcus? This, this must be a nice place. Yeah, uh, you never you don't know Shinola? They, uh, they make watches, leather goods, uh, like higher end, like the founder, I don't know if he was like the founder of Fossil or just higher up in Fossil. He uh, broke off and started this company and it's based in Detroit. So they sell like $1,000, $2,000 watches, stuff like that. And then they built a hotel town downtown in Detroit that's really beautiful and has uh, some really cool restaurants and, and stuff tied to it. So really nice property, high end. Yeah, definitely. When you're when you're here for the meetup in in June, the Diamond Meetup, uh, we'll have to go take a look and, and walk around it. But it's all, it's pretty awesome. And maybe you buy a watch. It got Benji to say that a uh, hundred dollar discount on five hundred dollars is great. So it must be uh, it must be excellent. Hey, that's that's Bethany from Bougie Miles Math right there. You got to spend money yeah. to save money. <laughs> there you go. All right, and there are more things in this article, so we're not going to get to everything. I did want to, so I definitely recommend checking it out on the site. It's already live. But the last thing. The Premier outperforms in its class. I feel like this is something that's not often talked about enough in the miles and points space. When they made the changes to the Premier and basically added 3x on grocery and gas, dining, air travel, I, I feel like there's so much opportunity there. Even though thank you points aren't the uh, aren't the best, I feel like the Premier is something that is certainly in my wallet. My wife has it, and it, it's a card that I think a lot of people should be looking at. Yeah, I really like the City Premier. I agree with Benji. It's a $95 annual fee, 3X at supermarkets, gas stations. It's just a great overall card. I think the reason why, and I, you know, maybe City should take a lesson from this. I think the reason why the Chase Sapphire Preferred gets so much better press is, frankly, the website is a lot easier to use. Yes, Chase Sapphire Preferred probably has slightly easier to use partners. And then in the miles and points space, of course, we're high at biased. So there's that there. But Again, City's website is so finicky and so annoying, or like if you're Mark, you get shut down when you're trying to buy a stick of gum. So, you know, I think that's why <laughs> the City Premiere doesn't get the credit it's due because, you know, make your uh, website work and then, you know, you'll get the love that you yeah. deserve. Yeah, I think website plays a part, uh, partners also plays a part, which they've gotten better with, you know, recently adding like choice at two times, which is better than everybody else. Even though Choice is a limited uh, brand for for most of us, it, you know they have their preferred hotels that you can book. So you can book higher end hotels. There's one in in Detroit that you can book for I think thirty five thousand points a night, which is usually a, a pretty decent deal. They'll get you like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 cents per cent. And then if you're getting two times that, that's you know one point five to one point six cents per point. And then you're earning three times uh, that on the premiere at grocery and dining and all that stuff. So it, it can be a pretty 
if you stack those type of things, it can be a really rewarding card. And the cool thing for big spenders is it's not capped, where you can do better in grocery and dining and stuff, but there's a lot of caps. Like the Amex Gold has a 25k per year cap, and this, if you're spending big, does not, which is is kind of unheard of at a three-time earn rate, I think. Yeah, so again, lots of good stuff in the article. Highly recommend uh, checking it out, and it'll give you a good overview of what's special about City, what you should know, and then maybe what direction to go in. Finally, I wanted to close with talking about, uh, this is an article, Mark, that we reposted from Zoe from about a year ago, Common Mistakes, 14 Common Mistakes Tourists Make When Visiting South Korea. And before we talk about those specifically... Don't put soy sauce on your rice! (laughs) (laughs) That's all of Asia. But... Joe, what do you think? Like, Americans are just so loud and, like, obnoxious, and, like, most Americans haven't left the country in years. What do you think is going to be, like, the culture shock, no matter where we visit, not any any country specifically, but do you think Americans are going to stick out even more than normal just because we're so untraveled uh, because of the pandemic? I definitely think Korea and Japan, um, not so much mainland China or even Hong Kong, Korea and Japan, just the amount of politeness that is expected in general society you know like zoe said here which one i didn't know was you don't blow your nose in public but um you know little things like accepting cards with two hands and things like that but just the general decorum that people have in subways on public transportation walking on the street giving people the right of way as you're like passing them on the street it is just a totally different ballgame. And it kind of makes sense in these. Well, actually, maybe it doesn't make sense because New York City is pretty crowded. But Asia, Japan especially, but Korea as well, very dense cities, right? So you need to come up with a culture that allows people to coexist in a friendly manner. I don't know what happened to us, you know, our cities, but it is a bit of a culture shock, even for me uh, as an Asian. Like, you know, little things like take off your shoes. That's pretty much every Asian country. Like, don't wear your shoes in anyone's house ever it's from stuff like that to just like how you treat your elders and everything and so culturally it's just so different so i do think that as americans we will stick out and you know you all know i've been watching a lot more korean dramas lately it is hilarious how they depict americans on those korean dramas because sometimes they'll like go to the united states wearing yogas or togas and uh drinking out of red solo cups (laughs) they might as well be they're just loud (laughs) like they just talk louder than everyone else um (laughs) Yeah, so. it's like the t- the typical American thing. Like when they don't understand you, you just talk louder. Like that's gonna make it any better. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that will help. That will help with the translation issues by being louder. Oh, you didn't understand me talking like this. Let me shout at you. Yeah, I mean it's funny. I remember like the first time going to Japan and then reading an article like this before I went, and then being so paranoid at every little thing that I did that it was gonna offend somebody. And then you learn over time that first off, they don't necessarily expect you to get everything right. But trying gets you a lot of points. You know, people are really, really happy when you're trying to, to, to not stick out and trying to, to conform a little bit, showing respect, you know, following some of the norms of society. So it can be overwhelming to see a list like this and be like, oh, my God, how am I going to keep all of this straight? Like, you know, don't forget your socks because you might have to switch into sandals or yeah, make sure they don't sure have any holes in them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's also, you know, you're going to be judged, right? People are going to judge you based on the way you look. And there's a there's a hierarchies within these societies. And But I, I think that, you know, just go try to have some respect. I've been to Japan many, many times, been to Korea twice. And I feel like as long as you go, you try to have respect, try to assimilate a little bit. 
it's also great because you get to learn a little bit more as you're trying to follow these rules and doing it. You're learning about the culture. You're getting you know better experiences. So for me, it's a positive to see stuff like this. It's just a reminder the world's different. Not everywhere is like here, and I can do my best. But at the end of the day, I may still be a loud American Joe. I'm not sure I can get that out of my blood. It is funny that like we're depicted a certain way, Americans, when traveling and how we don't have manners and we're and we're rude and obnoxious and all that. And then when other countries are asked, like, what's the most welcoming country? And they're like, oh, America, easy, because we're, you know, we're so welcoming and we want to talk to people that you see at the end of the bar. Like, that doesn't happen a lot of places where they'll just sit down and be like, oh, where are you from? What are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. And everywhere you go here is like that, where everybody's very welcoming in that way. So it's like you take the good with the bad, I guess, uh, for a bit. But I always thought, thought that was funny when they we always rank very high on on who's the most welcoming. Yeah, it's really, uh, America has its good points, right? And we have our, our challenging points. I'll never forget in 2008 when we came back to the United States after being gone for like nine months and having spent the last six months in Asia. And we landed at LAX and got off the plane and it was so loud. I never expected it. Like I always thought, oh, it's a stereotype that Americans are loud. But there's the lady yelling on her cell phone. There's the, the, the couple arguing there, the kids. And it was just so much louder than anything I had experienced the previous six months. So it is true we are loud, but uh, that's all all of the fun here. And I'm yeah, not loud. I, I, <laughs> yeah, you're not the loud. You're not the loud. Uh, yeah, Joe just uh, he he's just rolling his eyes. <laughs> he did a spit take. Yeah, and Zoe did a uh, did these uh, for Japan and a in in the UK too, which I thought the UK was really interesting because you'd think it's all very similar. But she even said, you know, we're very touchy feely in America. We like hugs and all that stuff. Where in the UK they're not so much. Uh, so she t- it took a while to get used to that, and then she really actually enjoyed it, that aspect of it, and things like that. Like, don't stand next to people going up the escalator in uh, in the UK, and and so uh, it's always interesting. No matter if you think we're very aligned with something like even Canada, you think we're very aligned with Canada, and there's definitely stuff there that they do differently, and we probably don't pay attention to and should. So I always find these articles pretty pretty interesting and and, and very useful. You should um, definitely check out the article, but if you don't get a chance to, the other one that I'll highlight is do not stick your chopsticks in your rice standing up. It's bad in most Asian cultures. It's like stabbing someone, essentially. Put all the soy sauce you want on it. That's why I asked for a fork, Joe. I want a fork, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Loophole. That's how you buy loophole. <laughs> Well, that is something I used to do all the time, you know, sticking the, the, the chopsticks in rice. And I didn't learn that for, for such a long time. I felt so so bad about it. It's not a big deal to put the chopsticks on the side. But, yeah, as Mark says, just just go all out and ask for a fork. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's going to... Perfect. I think we'll end on that on that fine American note. Joe, uh, where can people find you where they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As a Joe Flies, all of our social media, and also pondering why Mark wouldn't eat rice with a spoon if he's going to get a different utensil in the first place what if you got stuff on top of the rice there you go the fruit the fruit goes on the rice on the on the airplane (laughs) (laughs) all right where can we find you mark you can find me on twitter at detroit mark email me mark at miles to memories comment on any of the articles get back to you there uh join the facebook groups for sure patreon group we love all our patreons having a lot of fun going to vegas uh detroit mexico city everything so how about you sean yeah, looking forward to the Vegas meetup uh, this coming weekend. So that's going to be fun. And I love the uh, Patreon group. That's patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. And then other than that, we have all of our videos, our podcasts, our posts, everything miles and points related. 
our Vegas stuff too at milestomemories.com. Thanks to everybody who listens to this show. Uh, it's been growing and we really appreciate everybody out there. For this show, you can find everything at mtmpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you later. I don't know why. I, I like eating rice with a, a fork. I don't know why. Maybe it's like I, the metallic. I eat fried rice with a spoon. Yeah, spoon is better. As fast as possible. Because it doesn't yeah, fall out. Yeah, spoon makes it easier. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, if you if you do, if it's good rice, it's not going to fall out. It's pretty sticky. Yeah, good outtake, there boys. There you go. All right. It's pretty sticky. What's he talking about? <laughs>